On our spiritual journey, if you want to have any chance of success, it's critical that we remember not to lose the forest for all the trees. How does that work? And what does that have to do with spiritual development? Welcome to Consciously, a podcast focused on honest conversation by regular people and for regular people seeking spiritual growth. Hey, welcome to the Consciously Podcast. I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, I am Menachem Poznansky. So, uh, really grateful to have you here. Uh, if you like what we have going on here at Consciously, we ask you to subscribe and leave us a five-star review over on uh, Apple or any of the other, well, specifically on Apple, but uh, anywhere. Review us all over the place uh, for the best. Also, check out our social media sites, uh, Consciously, Consciously 62 on Facebook and Instagram, and also The Light Revealed, which is a sister partner kind of uh, project that we're working on, and we got some great content going up there. Also, please check out my book, Consciously the Book. This is Consciously the Podcast, um, which is out from Mosaic of Publishers. Uh, it's available on Jewish bookstores, online on Amazon, and also on Mosaic's website. Um, I will post the links in the episode description. Uh, lastly, I want to remind everybody that we are grateful members of the Intentional Jew Podcasting Network, uh, which is a group of podcasts trying to work together uh, to get good messages out there, get good content, work with other content creators. And uh, we're thankful to be on there with our friend Aaron Walglinder and the work that he's trying to do. So grateful to be part of that. Okay, so what we're doing here today is a series that I am doing with my friend Shmaya Hanekman, uh, well, my associate and colleague and friend. Uh, Shmaya Hanekman, where he's interviewing me uh, for this podcast on Facebook Live on The Light Revealed. And that's been fun. Um, And we're talking about the book, going through it chapter by chapter, uh, interview style. So with that, I'm going to turn it over. First of all, welcome Shmaya to the show and turn it over to you. Hey, thank you for having me. Uh, Thank you for being here. Okay, so I'm going to put my headphones off and then uh, I am in guest mode. Okay, also thank you for agreeing to do this because uh, it's been very worthwhile for me mm. and I'm sure uh, meaningful for me yeah yeah I was thinking about that this morning that uh, it's been really meaningful to review this stuff this way also um, I just want to point out we did last week we did not do an episode um, and we're gonna yeah. we're gonna try to make sure to be very weekly about this because we want you guys to be able to move forward f- forward with this uh, systematically yeah, last week, uh, well, two weeks ago, I was going through a tough time. Uh, just acknowledge that. Um, I've said that before here, and uh, it didn't make uh, doing this last week, but we uh, got back on the horse, which I think is a good thing. Which actually has a lot to do with uh, today's chapter. Yeah, yeah. So we're up to chapter two of uh, what we're calling consciously the interview. Um, and in the last chapter, we spoke about the need to have a clear awareness of our goal because our clarity will be challenged, um, you know, as we go along in our journey. Right. And in this chapter, you write about the need to not get lost in the small details of our spiritual development and instead to train ourselves to keep in mind the big picture. The analogy you use in the book is don't miss the forest for all the trees. Right. I have two questions Okay. with that. Number one is, can you give an example from your life where you miss the forest because of the trees? And why is this skill set so important? 
Okay. Wow. It's getting very personal. Um, well, the reason, the reason, I, I mean, I, I think, yeah, the reason I, I think it's useful to, to make it personal is because as I was reading the chapter and I, and I read that part conceptually, I can understand it, but it's not so easy to visualize, you know, where it's, where it's happened in my life, where I got so caught up with the details that I completely lost sight of what I was doing and where I was going. Right, right, right. Okay. So I, I think that, um, the context for that is that oftentimes in life we become preoccupied with what's immediately in front of us. So I'll give you, um, I'll give you, I can give you a couple of examples. Okay. This is the example I was talking about earlier this week with somebody else talking about the book. And I'm using this example because it's kind of current to my life, right? So I have a morning practice. The morning practice includes meditation, did I say this here? I see. I don't remember where I said things because I edit these episodes. If I said this again, I apologize. And then when I'm editing it later, I'm going to feel I'm going to regret it. But um, so I have a morning practice that includes um, meditation, having a coffee, um, learning, davening, right? Preferably uh, with a quorum of ten men, being present for my kids, um, taking the dog out, saying hello to my wife getting my son to school, taking a walk, and showing up to work with some reasonable sense of groundedness. That's my goal on a day-to-day basis. Now, I figured that that process takes about five or six hours. I did say this last week. Yeah. I did use this example. That process takes about five to six hours. And then I struggle, as I talked about last week. Oh, so I, I did talk about this directly last week. I struggle, well, it was two weeks ago, I struggle to balance all of those different things, which are very, very critically important things, right? Okay, so in the midst of me, okay, so I'm, ha- I'm actually happy that I'm using this example um, because I, I can build on the same example. Okay, so I can struggle with giving priority to the different things because I only have about, I wake up about 5.30, right? And by 8.30, 9 o'clock, I have to be in this seat you know, kind of right. like, like up for my day, right? So that gives me like th- approximately three and a half hours to do five to six hours worth of operation, right? On a day-to-day basis, which right. means I have to prioritize and it means I have to compromise. It means certain things are not going to get handled on certain days, right? It means, or I'm going to have to be satisfied with less, I'm going to be satisfied with doing it less intensely than I'd like to. Maybe less meditation or shorter meditation or less journaling or a quicker prayer that I would rather or just less focused and less mindful, right? So, okay, so fine. So that's, and we talked about last week about how the nature of the world is such that it's constantly pitting you against these opposing priorities. Right. Values. Right, 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 right. Okay, so the difference here in chapter two is that Part of the reason that that process seems so confusing and is so overwhelming is because I forget that each of those things are really part of a broader agenda. Mm. And because I lose sight of that, that agenda being me being an effective good man, let's say, right? Right. Those are all components. Good husband, father, employer. 
Well, the, all the different things. Those you are, are details, right, 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 right? But all of those are about about me being my best, right, or right, right. me putting my best foot forward, or me being the, the man that God wants me to be, or whatever the overriding principle is, right? Right. Those are all part of that. the The challenge is if I lose sight that all of those things are really just details within a broader ideal, then what can happen is, is a I I get stuck trying to compromise between of them. And I feel like I'm feeding one higher power versus another higher power, or I'm giving one ideal prominence over another ideal, right? But in addition, I can also get frustrated and flustered. I often get um, short-tempered or get down on myself because I'm frustrated that I'm, that I'm not navigating those effectively. Right. And then it becomes that the intention that you are doing these things for. So now you're doing them, but it it just creates more frustration as opposed to more serenity. Right. And not only that, but I'm actually less effective at achieving my ultimate goal because I'm less being the man that I, I mean, my goal, let's say, if we were to just paraphrase it, is to be a good man. Right. In the mornings. To be, or to be a good man that shows up to the day prepared. Right. Right. Okay. So that's my goal. Right. So, but part of being a good man prepared means not yelling at my kids. Right. Right. Or not ignoring my wife or a variety of whatever nots. Not right? getting angry at the dog for needing to go out. Or, whatever. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. Or not losing sight that all of these things are valuable and then that's okay. And that occurs because I've lost sight of the overriding principle of my life, which ostensibly, as Ruth Schwartz kind of positions, that proverb, I'm, I've lost sight of the forest for the trees. Mm. Right? The trees are all incredibly valuable and incredibly important, but they're really only part of a, of a broader picture. And if I don't train myself to draw my attention outside of the individual details towards seeing the entirety of the forest, then oftentimes I create a bigger mess, right? And I can't really have spiritual progress, right? For a variety of reasons. I mean, A, on a micro level, I'm less effective. And on a macro level, I don't really get where I want to get to. Right, because he's talking about as that relates to a person's spiritual development and developing their relationship with God, right? Because then let's say like, okay, so I want to be a good man in the morning, but then I also want to be a good boss during the day and everything that that that, that entails. And then I want to be a good husband when I come home, and I want to be a good Jew, and I want to be a good community member, and all of that is part of me living a life that's in line with divinity, right? So if I lose sight of that. And I start to see all these things as kind of compartmentalized details, then I never actually achieve the goal that I want, which is a vibrant relationship with God that's present in all the details. There's a dog. Right. Should we get angry that the dog is being a dog? <laughs> um, it's exciting because you managed to answer both my questions in one answer. Okay. Right. Um, and, you, and you really touched on it towards the end, which the skill set is important of being able to see that in order to be effective, in order to achieve our goal. Because if we lose sight of it, not only on a micro level are we being ineffective in each individual area, but on right. the macro level, we're, we have no direction. We're right. lost. We're lost. And then we don't achieve. So then what he talks about is, okay, so uh, oftentimes people say, well, I tried to have a relationship with God, or I tried to have spiritual development, or I tried to accomplish uh, a vibrant conscious contact, and it never worked out. Right. right? They, they never feel satisfied. And the point that he's making is, well, if you've constantly allowed yourself to be unanchored to the 
ultimate reason about why you're doing things, that's oftentimes why you're not getting to the ultimate goal because you get lost in the, in the forest, right? You get lost amongst all the trees, right? And you get lost in the darkness of the journey and then you either end up wandering in the wrong direction, right? So the analogy that let's say we could use is let's say like I'm traveling through a forest towards an ultimate peak at the top of a mountain, right? So, so if I'm traveling through the forest as I'm going up the mountain, if I'm able to, let's say, rise my head above the tree line, right. then I can see where we're going and I can remember the journey and I can remember why I'm doing it. And then I have a chance of ascending to the peak and having the experience of looking at the world from that peak and also feeling great because I overcame that journey. But if I get stuck inside the forest and I'm not able to raise my sights above the tree line, then first of all, I get frustrated and then I start turning. I'm like, why am I even here? What's this even about? Or I get like stuck dealing with a particular area of the forest or, and I never get out. And then I turn around. I'm like, why am I not feeling good? You know what I was just thinking about? I, I, I was remembering when I was in yeshiva a few years ago, I decided that one of the things I'm going to do to enhance my relationship with God is I'm going to start putting up my tefillin on 20 minutes before shachars. Okay. Invariably what happened was there'd be a day or two where I was putting my tefillin on as the minion was like, you know, up to Yishtabach or whatever. Right, know? right. Like just because that happens sometimes. In the middle, right. And I was... I got so lost in the minutia of wanting to make sure that my tefillin was on that I, I completely lost sight of like, well, I could connect to God in this moment right now just by jumping in with what's happening in the here and now. Right. And I was so busy beating myself up over that one thing that I missed. That right. I was stuck on that tree and I missed the overall forest of connection. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that plays itself out, I think, in, you know, every area of life, but particularly as it relates spiritual development. Yeah. You know, and then part of what you're saying is sometimes we establish goals like spiritual goals that we want to achieve. And and I'll say one more thing after this because I want to say this, but I don't want to miss what they're saying. So, um, and we get fixated on what we're struggling with, which is the nature of life that we're focused on, whatever we're focused on and whatever we're not struggling with, we're not focused on because we've already achieved it, that it starts to constantly feel like we're always failing. Right. Right. So it's like that Peter Principle thing that we've talked about, right? That right. In, what's that word? In a bureaucracy, people have the tendency to rise to their level of incompetence because when they meet their level of incompetence, that's when they stop rising because once they're, when they're, when they've, they no longer receive a promotion. Right. When they're displaying mastery, then they're, then they're admired and then they receive a, tr- a promotion. And when they stop achieving mastery, that's when they get ignored. Right. So, so that plays out in my life also. All the good things about my life, I tend to like, right? I tend to just take for granted. It's kind of in the in the reverse. But then what I focus on is kind of where I'm struggling and not what what's going well. So part of kind of seeing the broader picture is realizing, okay, so it's true. I am, let's say, struggling in this area. Maybe it would have been good for you to be able to achieve a, le- uh, a level of focus and determination where you could show up to prayers 20 minutes early to prep. It's a wonderful thing. And you might even be disappointed at yourself. But now for that disappointment to become the overbearing principle over the entirety of your life, losing sight of the fact that you're trying to live a life of spiritual development and that God's, your life is full of God, even though you can, you know, there can be that, um, what's that word? Um, dialectic, 
right? There can be that dialectic that, you know, I'm, I'm letting myself and God down and I also have a really meaningful relationship and I really admire my own growth and process. Both of those things can be true at the same time. Right. Right. And that becomes only possible when I'm looking at life from above the tree line instead of getting lost in the, in the details. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think that there's anything, I think you need to, we live in the details, right? So don't, I think that's an important thing to kind of realize like where we live is in the details and that's what we focus on. But this is about developing a skill where we can learn how to effectively draw our consciousness and awareness to the tree line so that when we're working on the details, when we're in the trees, we're doing so in a way that reflects our ideals and also in a way that's going to get us where we want to go. You know, one of the other things you write in the book is that to avoid the pitfall of being lost in the minutia of a thing, we must develop our ability to consistently reshift our focus back to the beauty of the whole toward our meaning and our goals. Practicing this form of mindfulness frees us from the grips of fatigue, anxiety, and fear. Right. You then point out that you mean that you are free from the grip of these feelings but not the feelings themselves. Right. Can you speak more to that? So I, the, the, that was interesting when I was writing it. it because fatigue, what was the three? Fatigue, anxiety, right. and fear. Right. So fatigue, anxiety, and fear are all emotional responses to life and to working on, on yourself. Those things are all kind of going to come. So sometimes it feels like, well, if I'm super spiritual, then I won't have those feelings. But spiritual is not about not having negative feelings, I think. Spiritual, spirituality or being spiritual is about facing those feelings effectively mm. with faith or with right. your higher power, with God, with you. So I'm fatigued, okay, right? But if I have a sense of the broader picture, then I can know that taking a break is part of the journey. It's okay. Right. right. If, I, if, I'm, if fatigue is like most significantly... Right. If I don't realize that rest is part of the journey, then I get fatigued and then suddenly it feels like oh, it's always going to be this way. And then I burn myself out and then, you know, it's worse than when I started. And the same is true for fear, right? Because fear is invalid concerns. And the same is true for anxiety. The same is true for all of those things. All those things are inevitable. They're not even inevitably bad. They're inevitably good. They're all parts of a human experience. But when I lose sight and I get fixated on my moment to moment, I don't have the capacity to face those those things with serenity, as we've been talking about. Right. Right. And when I do, when I do, if I can develop that skill, that ability to, to raise my head above the tree line, then I gain a tremendous ability to face and navigate fatigue, fear, and anxiety. Right, with from a place of serenity, Yishavadas, right? From an even mindedness, right? That that's not overwhelming because okay, so I need to take a break or I need to ask for help or I need to take some effort to neutralize a concern that's legitimate. So those are all things. Or I need to engage in some prayer to try to reduce some of the tension that I'm feeling inside about whatever's gonna come forward, so that I can then journey forward with faith. Right in a way that's consistent with my ideals and with what I how I'd like to behave. So practicing that reshift of focus, yeah, really has you know a variety of 
benefits to us. Right. First and foremost, we won't get lost. Right. We also will then have the ability to navigate through the forest in a way where we're not getting stuck on each individual detail. But now you're also saying that we have the freedom from the from the the grip of these emotions in a way where we'll be able to deal with them without trying to shun them or think that we are bad for feeling them. Right. Well, I, I, I think, yes, I don't think that's the entirety of it. Cause I think that there's a certain affirmation and validation that has to come with emotional maturity, knowing that I'm going to have feelings that don't feel good. But even once somebody has that awareness, if you, if you don't have a sense of the broader picture, then you can have all the awareness in the world, meaning all the right emotional maturity in the world, but you won't be able to get past it. So this becomes a critical aspect. Let's right? sit with that for a minute. Hold on. Yeah. Meaning to say that even if I know as a person that, yeah, 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 sure. As I go through this journey, there's going to be parts that don't feel good. I'm not going to feel good. I'm going to experience bad emotions. If I don't have, um, with that awareness, a sense of, the larger picture of where I'm going and the completeness of what it is we're, we're doing this journey for, I can still get lost. Yeah. Because if you don't sense that those are an inevitable part of the journey, then you get lost in where you currently live, where you currently are, because we, we operate within time and space. So we tend to get lost in wherever we are. So I can have that like theoretical emotional maturity, but on a practical level, unless I can draw my eye, my mind's eye back toward the overarching nature of the journey, right? That gives me an ability to like leverage that maturity. That's kind of, I think they work in tandem, right? but I think it gives you an opportunity to leverage that, that, and, and not only that, but to say, okay, so this is a very valuable part of the journey. How am I going to utilize this? Right. Right. So right. now's a time where, and this is like, uh, whatever, like Rabbi Nachman talks about Rutz Vishov, right? Being a, a master of running and returning, right? That cuts to the core of this idea. If I don't have an overarching perspective on my spiritual process and journey, then you can't develop a mastery of running and returning, a mastery of navigating the ups and downs of life because you don't see things from a broad perspective. It's only when I see things from a broad perspective and I have the awareness that, you know, running and returning or ups and downs or facing challenges versus kind of leaning in when everything's going right. Both of those things are essentially part of the journey. I can know that, but if I don't have the broader picture, then, then I don't get to leverage all of that and realize that each of those moments is a part of the journey that's going to get me to where I want to go. And then I'm never, it's not like I have to take a break from the journey in order to, in order to address these underlying emotions that maybe I don't judge myself for. Right. Which is a first level, right? right Just not right. judging yourself. But second of all, addressing those emotions is actually a it, vital part of the journey. It is the journey. It's part of the journey. It's yeah. part and parcel of the journey. Like that's what it's supposed to be. Right. My journey, hopefully someday towards being a really good man, right. Being a good dad manifests through my daily struggle with trying to fit five hours of ideal spiritual work into two and a half, three hours. Right. That's, that's what the journey is. Right. That's what it is. That's how that's that's how I'm going to try to accomplish that. That's the nature of it. If I don't realize that, then I take it for granted. Right. Then I take the whole thing for granted. And then my life is very dichotomous. It's very separate. It's very individual. Right. It's like that. It's like we talked about each individual tree. Right. It's like what we talked about in that first episode about um, 
that chat that that idea from a Pavarsky where it's like the separation between a pomegranate and an apple. Right. Right. Where right. a pomegranate each individual seed has its own individual flesh. So each little moment of my life is an individual thing. Right. Whereas the idea is I want the the entirety of my life to be a whole structure, to be an apple, right? I want the fleshy part of my life to be overriding everything. Right. So that each experience of my life is not an individual thing, but part of a broader picture. It's phenomenal. You end off this chapter by uh, saying that this is the first rung in the ladder right. of being able to do the exercise that we're going to get to in a couple of weeks. And you give a little bit of foresight that next week we're going to be talking about developing that vision of the overarching thing, developing the purposefulness. Right. So next, where we jump into next is, okay, so what we've just, what we've talked about so far are kind of overriding principles that relate to all of life and really any individual effort that a person puts in, which everything we're going to talk about in the first three steps relate to any process of spiritual growth. Right. Any process of any growth. Growth. Right. They're just ideas that relate to working on oneself. We could plug this into our, you know, new workout regimen. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yes. A hundred percent. But what we jump into next week is specifically how this relates to a relationship with God. Right. Right. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Maya. That was great. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to the Consciously Podcast. Consciously is a project of the living room, which is a division of Our Place New York, and made possible by the Capellius family. The host of Consciously is Menachem Posnansky, and produced by Chaim Kohn, and our trusted assistant to the regional co-host, Shmaya Hanekman. If you've enjoyed this podcast, You can give us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. We sincerely welcome and appreciate your feedback and questions. So please feel free to email us at consciously62 at gmail.com or on our Instagram and Facebook pages.